The Auburn Tigers will aim to shut down a huge playmaker going into the season opener. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blagger. I mean, thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me as he does every Wednesday, Mike G of the War Report. Happy War Report Wednesday to all of you who celebrate. Mike G, we've got football, Auburn football on Saturday. They host the Mercer Bears, and I want to touch on the five biggest individual matchups that Mm -hmm. we will see on the field at Jordan-Hare Stadium this Saturday. And look, this wide receiver that Mercer has going into this game, Ty James, he wears number Mm -hmm. 13, him pairing up against either Jalen Simpson or Nehemiah Pritchett will, one, give us a ton of information about how this coaching staff used the defensive back hierarchy going, uh, going throughout the season. But also, like, this guy can play, Mike G. He absolutely went off against Moorhead State in Week 0. Yeah, five targets, five catches, 192 yards, and three TDs. You take that. You absolutely take that if you're Mercer. Now, production after him dropped off significantly. (laughs) I mean, their uh, second-leading receiver only had three yards for uh, three catches or two catches for 35 yards. So, um, there wasn't a lot of production outside of that. Ultimately, this is this is a game Auburn should dominate, which means guys dominating their individual matchups. I absolutely agree. We're going to find out a lot about what they think about the defensive back hierarchy in this game to see, hey, do they respect Ty James enough to you know put some help on them, or do they just let Pritchett or Simpson go one-on-one with this guy? Yeah, who is the corner on him will be really, really fun to see. And if they move around the field, does a specific corner follow him? Or is one guy gonna is he gonna be boundary? Is he, or is one guy gonna be field? That'll be fun to see. But Ty James lined up pretty much to the offensive left for, for everything that I saw in the relevant snaps that Mercer played against Moorhead State and pretty much made the the most of his damage off of these post routes which he will not have that much space, we hope, against Auburn on Saturday. But they used him in a bunch of different ways. Not only, you know, he scored multiple touchdowns off of a post route, but also they used him in the screen game. And, I mean, you said his numbers. Um, He had five of the 13 receptions that that they they were able to achieve against Moorhead State on Saturday. So, I mean, this guy is the focal point of this Mercer passing attack. Yeah, I mean, the way to stop a receiver is to stop the quarterback, (laughs) I think, first and foremost. I think you'll see us try to get after this guy. He wasn't under very much pressure against Moorhead State. He will be under a ton of pressure on Saturday. No question. Derek Hall, (laughs) Eric Leota. So, um, I mean, uh, Equally Leota. So, they didn't throw the ball down the field at all. A lot of his production was made on catches uh, inside 20 yards and then a lot of yak yards after that. So, I, I don't expect to see that on Saturday, but um, he is somebody you have to pay attention to because if you're sleeping and you have a coverage bust, this is a guy who can take it to the house. Yeah, I believe he leads all D1 right now in receiving yards. So props to him. Props to him. Small sample size, sure. But, I mean, I was impressed watching this. Like, Ty James is, like, so much better than everybody else on the field right now. But, yeah, the, uh, the, the biggest takeaway as far as what Auburn can learn from this 
is how they defend him. Is it Jalen Simpson? Is it Nehemiah Pritchett? It seems like the going feeling is Nehemiah Pritchett is 1A and Jalen Simpson is 1B. That's kind of the feeling I get. I kind of am the, I'm in the Jalen Simpson camp, I think, as far as shutting down a guy like Ty James, put Jalen Simpson on the line and just let him beat up opposing wide receivers. I, I think that would be kind of more of his game. And Nehemiah Pritchett, I could see him being a little bit better off ball than Jalen Simpson. But once again, right. we, we can kind of look at this game on Saturday, which shouldn't mean much in the second half. I think we all hope it doesn't mean much in the second half. But those are the kind of little nuggets that we can pull from this game and what it means as we prepare for Penn State in two weeks. Agreed. Like I said, these are matchups ultimately Auburn should dominate. Both the guys we're talking about have been mentioned in the fastest on the team discussion. So right. uh, there should be plenty of speed between Pritchett and Simpson to lock down Ty James. I expect them to do it. Yep. Yeah, and, and like uh, Trey Lindsey came on the show, and he, he believes that Jalen Simpson is the best athlete on campus. So Ooh, we'll okay. see. Right. We will see. We will see. All right, the, the number two, the second most important individual matchup that I'm looking at this Saturday, Mike G. Mercer defensive lineman Chris Hill versus Auburn's new center, Tate Johnson, with the news becoming official earlier this week, mm. that Nick Brahms will be missing um, the rest of the season as his football career is over. Um, so obviously, I think Tate Johnson is going to have a lot of eyes on him. And what a great stepping stone for Tate Johnson to, to be able to go up against this defensive line for his first start in his career. I think that'll be nice. Um, Chris Hill led all defensive linemen, I believe, for Mercer in reps. And so he wears number 98. So it'll be fun to see what that matchup looks like. Chris Hill has the size advantage over Tate Johnson, which most defensive tackles that he will go up against this year will have that. So we'll get a little bit of information on how he deals with that uh, in week one. Yeah, listen, offensive line is a concern. I think it's Auburn's number one concern going into this season. Now, missing Brahms is a huge hit, right? Um, can't say enough about that young man. He gave this team his all. Uh, unfortunately, um, circumstances have dictated that yep. he retired from football. Now, I think a lot of fans are confused, Zach, on the Brahms thing. If you're not one of these people who stays plugged into football all offseason, Brahms had surgery before the bowl game right. or de in December and just never made it back. So Tate Johnson is no stranger to the center position because he's been taking snaps there all offseason and player-led practices in the spring. Brahms has been out. So they had to have somebody in there. So it's not as if it's the season's coming and we're throwing Tate Johnson in all of a sudden. Uh, this is somebody who's been working at that position all offseason. I expect him, based on what we've heard about the strength and conditioning coming out of this second year under Brian Harson's staff, everybody's stronger. So he may be undersized, but I expect him to be strong uh, and be able to hold his own there. So uh, center is, is, is an important position. Um, and the line matchups. Here's one of the, here's one of the things that we have to pay attention to because last year against Georgia State, it was rough, right? Our our offensive line had a rough time against their D line, and against an undersized opponent against uh, Mercer, who you should be able to dominate. It's going to be interesting to see how this line holds up in that matchup against uh, you know what are some some linemen with talent. Now I'm not saying that they should be beating our guys but you know at the end of the day they've got talent down there and and I want to see how they're going to perform yeah and just one more note on Chris Hill once again he wears number 98 he'll be in the middle of Mercer's defensive line 
I think they like this guy. He's a redshirt sophomore, but he played 10 games last season as a redshirt freshman. So he's um, and, and he's a starter. He started against Moorhead State. So that's a guy that um, I think is worthy of your attention when you're looking at these individual matchups during the game on Saturday. Mercer's top cornerback. Which wide receiver do we think he will line up against? We'll tell you in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. The season is finally here, and we hope you're ready to go with everything at Bet Online. You can uh, you can get odds from all over the place, props from all over the place, futures from all over the place. It's the place to gamble on all of your sports action this season. Obviously, college football is here. The NFL is just days away as well. It's a great, great time of year, and you can make it even better at Bet Online. Check out Bet Online on your smartphone or your computer. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. It's a War Report Wednesday as Mike G joins us of the War Report. The next individual matchup I want to talk about, Mike G. Cam Sims, he is the Mercer cornerback. He's the best cornerback on this team based on the first half of the game that we watched this past weekend between Mercer and Moorhead State. I think he's going to line up specifically against Shedrick Jackson. And I think Shedrick Jackson is going to be one of the primary guys on the outside. I don't think that's a hot take. When you look at this, we don't know what the wide receiver rotation is going to look like. In fact, it may look a little bit different this Saturday than it will moving forward once you know the, the schedule picks up. But Cam Sims, he got an interception against Moorhead State. It was on a, he cut off an in-breaking route, which is how I've said that we need to use Shedrick Jackson consistently. So that to me is kind of why it's a matchup that I'm paying attention to. You're muted, bud. I think. I think you're muted. Oh, yep. There you are. You're good. Uh, So this is a really important matchup. uh, And it is going to be for the rest of the season. Now, Shedrick Jackson starting at the X is... Something that I I was not expecting this year. Huh. Uh, I thought that they would maybe use him differently. So we'll see. To your point, uh, you know, in the spring we saw them give him some different type routes than he got last year. So uh, breathing down Shedrick's neck is the star freshman everybody's been talking about in Camden Brown. Sure. So you know whether he can win individual matchups early will determine how a lot goes on offense for this team. Now T.J. Finley. The quarterback is going to need experience there. He's going to need guys who he's got chemistry with that know how to get open that are where they're supposed to be when he gets rid of the ball. Sheridan Jackson is thought to be one of those reliable guys. He's going into his sixth year. I'm going to be all eyes on the X position Saturday to see if Shedrick can dominate this matchup against his defensive back. Yeah, yeah, and Cam Sims wears number six, so that'll be a fun one to follow around. Who is he going to be covering And look, it could be Malcolm Johnson Jr., who I think will be on the outside, on the other side of the field. I can't believe you just talked about wide receivers for a minute and you didn't bring up your guy, Malcolm Johnson Jr. I hope you're okay. I hope you're feeling okay. Um, I expect him to do well, so we'll need to talk about him. There we go. There we go. And, uh, you know, just while we're talking about wide receivers, I actually think Tarvarj Dawson is going to win the day. I think Mm -hmm. he's going to be the guy that gets the most catches. I think he's going to be the guy that gets the most attention, and people are going to be like, oh, Wow. Okay. Maybe. Um, maybe this is kind of the guy that um, that could replace Kobe Hudson because it's going to be a similar role from what we saw of Kobe right. a year ago. So I, I think Tarvarish Dawson's going to win the day as far as Auburn wide receivers go. All eyes are going to be on this room, Zach, because outside yeah. of offensive line, 
you know, again, one of the biggest areas of concern last year were the receivers. What, you know, the storylines were they're not making, getting separation and, you know, they're not winning matchups and they're, you know, they're not fast and they're not this. This might be one of the fastest wide receiver rooms we've had. The addition of Camden Brown, if you remember, Auburn went after Darius Clemens in recruiting. They whipped on that. He went to Michigan. Camden Brown was thought to be the backup guy. And, and look, he's come in here and he's dominated in camp. Yep. To the tune of, hey, for a staff that I think is very careful with playing true freshmen, he moved up the depth chart quickly in just the the uh, the summer. So this will be interesting. This is going to be interesting to watch this group. I think we see six wide receivers easily on Saturday. So as far see- as as far as like with the ones. The ones and the twos. I think we're going to see a healthy dose of whoever's at the two position. Uh, oh, I, I bet we see. I bet we see more than six if you're counting the twos. Yeah, minimum. Yeah, yeah we may say we we may see eight or nine, honestly, because mm-hmm. I think you're going to see the two deep rotate with the ones to some extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know For if sure. it's all going to be even by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think we'll we'll see all of them. I'm yeah. going to be fascinated to see because you know you you just mentioned Camden is breathing down Shedrick's neck. I don't know if I buy that, or if I do, I don't think it's going to be reflected in the snap count because, I mean, Shedrick Jackson's just, he's, the last two years, he's just been on the field a ton. The dude doesn't come off the field. I just can't really see that changing in his final year of eligibility. Uh, yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. At the end of the day, there's, there's a very different feel around this football team, and Camden yeah. Brown is a playmaker, and you need guys who can go out there and create. You need a guy who can go win a 50-50 ball. When you mm-hmm. need a play, when the game's on the line, I'm not sure, like, you know, Shedrick is a guy who will be where he's supposed to be. Right. But when everything is going haywire, Camden Brown is a potential playmaker, man. He's a guy who's going to win his matchup. He's going to moss a guy or two this season. Yeah, like, sure. Come on, man. Sometimes you just got to get talent on the field. So I'll be taking a look to see if they don't mix up these wide receiver match matchups based on who's performing and who's not. Uh, you know, Coy Moore, I love Malcolm Johnson, but Coy Moore was another guy who they really, really like, and he's he's coming. So if these guys at the one positions aren't making plays, aren't getting separations, and if the quarterback is on target but we still can't make plays, expect the number twos to jump up in there and try to give Auburn a spark offensively. Yeah, I, I'm there with you. I, I'm just kind of, kind of poking about the – like what the rotation looks like between Shedrick sure. and Camden. I, I think that's going to be fascinating. Uh, I really mm. do. Well, let me last point, Zach. If you listen to Harston in his press conferences, he you know he talked about the starting lineup. Yep. But if you really and I may be overthinking this, but what I hear him saying is these are our starters for game one, and the competition continues. Mm-hmm. So you know, guys have to continue to play well, or other guys are going to get a chance to step up. He said that a couple times since we've been in camp, and and I gotta believe that's the case. Sure, yeah, uh, I'm I'm sure that is true. All right, the uh, the next individual matchup that I want to talk about, Mike G. Al Wooten, the second, he is Mercer's starting running back. I have him paired against Cam Riley at linebacker. Wooten, the second, he ran the ball 13 times. I have for 96 yards. You were looking at something that has him over 100 yards, but regardless, that's kind of what we're looking at. Um, I think Mercer's going to try to bring their physical game plan to Jordan-Hare Stadium. I I think they're going to try to run it on Auburn. And Auburn better make sure it doesn't work or it's going to be an annoying, annoying team to deal with over the course of 60 minutes. And nobody (laughs) wants this game to be annoying. We all want it to be boring uh, at the end of the second quarter. So I I think that's going to be what they're going to try to do. 
I think they're also going to th- probably throw more at Owen Papo. And so that means the guy next to Owen Papo needs to step up. And that's the mm-hmm. inexperienced but extremely high upside Cam Riley. So, yeah, that's my fourth matchup. Wooten the second, the running back, going up against Cam Riley at linebacker. Um, Zach, as an extremely amateur golfer, whatever <laughs> a level below amateur is, I can tell you we have a saying. They say on the course, when you can put, put. And that's what it's going to be like for Mercer. If they can keep the ball on the ground and out of harm's way, they're going to try to see if Auburn will give them that early. Uh, I expect to see this D-line shine in, 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 in the run stopping. So I, it's good. maybe hard for them. Uh, uh, you know, Based on what we saw on tape, their quarterback only threw 14 passes in this game where they ran up the score on Moorhead State. So I expect Auburn to try to take away the run game and force them to do something through the air on them. Uh, it's going to be tough, I think, on these running backs. They had two backs break the 100 yards. or yeah. you know, They were a combined plus 200 on the ground, right. 363 rushing yards total as a team for the game. That number is going to be much lower on Saturday. If it's not, I think Auburn's in trouble. Yeah. You cannot let Mercer control the clock on the ground. Yeah, yeah, and our stats are different, which is funny. I, I've got Peyton throwing 17 passes, their quarterback. We'll talk about him mm-hmm. in a second. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we see Auburn's linebackers close to the line of scrimmage and, I mean, just really suffocate this and just kind of put you know their corners on an island and say, hey, beat us. Let's go. Let's go, guys. Let's show you what right. we're made of kind of thing. And also just from an evaluation standpoint, because that seems to be where a lot of fans still think we kind of are, and you just kind of made some comments too about the the starters and if they don't execute, you know, guys can be, you know, subbed in immediately. I, I can't think of a better way to kind of say, hey, put up or shut up than just doing a lot of isolation stuff defensively. And, and I sure. think, you know, Auburn defenders should absolutely blow them out of the water. So I think that's what the game plan is going to be. It's going to be fun. As far as Mercer running backs, Austin Douglas, he was kind of their number two change of pace guy. He seems to be a little bit more explosive, a little bit faster. He broke a long run for a touchdown. Mm. I think he's better, but Austin Douglas uh, is also uh, is also a running back to watch. I'm sure. Mike yeah. G, our, you got anything else on that? No, no, no. no. All right, Mike G, our guest today on this War Rapport Wednesday. We touch on our final individual matchup next. And yes, it includes Mercer's quarterback right here on Locked on Auburn. I want to encourage folks to check out the Locked On Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the uh, the the description down below, or if you're listening on audio, it is in the show notes. Mike G, our last individual matchup that I want to talk about: Mercer quarterback Fred Payton versus Auburn's Donovan Kaufman. I put Kaufman Ooh. because I think he's going to be all over the place. Uh, we may see him a little bit at safety. We may see him at nickel. We may see him off the ball. We may see him on the line. I think he's going to do a lot of different things. And like we touched on, Peyton went 11 for 17 for 248 and four scores. But if you take out his stats to Ty James, it was a very pedestrian day. Um, I think Peyton, you know, he executed a, a few RPOs against Moorhead State. I wouldn't be shocked if they try to do that. Look, if I'm Moorhead State, I am attacking Auburn's linebackers. That is my game plan. And you could do that through the running game, and you could do it through RPOs. And so if I'm them, I'm lining up, I'm seeing where Cam Riley and Owen Papo are, and I am reading them as far as the run-pass option game. We saw them do it a little bit against Moorhead State. I'm expecting more of that on Saturday. 
Ah, uh, me too. I have a hot take on this one. Okay. Donovan Kaufman definitely gets a pick six on Saturday. Oh. Okay, think, I'm in. I'm, I'm all, think, I'm all I, about I, it. I think Kaufman takes one to the house on Saturday. He was one of my favorite building report interviews we've done this offseason. Yeah. Uh, talking about, you know, guys just understanding where to be, uh, taking better angles to the football. Uh, he had one that he blew completely during the uh, Texas A&M game last year. We gave him a lot of crap about it. But he made up ground and punched the ball out. And, and those guys have been working on a lot of technique things. They've really dug into what – they could improve from last year. Sure. And I think that at some point Mercer is going to press and they're going to have to make a play and Donovan Hoffman is going to be there to take one to the house. So uh, I'm going to call my shot on this one. Donovan Kaufman pick six on Saturday. You also called your shot calling this a shutout, right? You still, you still there? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Did I? I thought uh, you did. Uh, listen, I'm close. I called a lot of shutouts that didn't happen last year. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we got one. We got one. And we well, you, needed a you, you said there'd be two. Goal. You said there'd be two shutouts, right? This year? That's what I thought you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going for two shutouts this year. <laughs> okay. This had. It's just so hard. Like on defense, I think we're better at the two deep than we were last year. Okay. Right. I think that this is a better team at the two deep than it was last year, particularly along the line. I think the uh, starters are better, too. I mean, yeah, the defense is all around better. Right. This this is a strong defense. I think this is a strong defense. I expect them to show it on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that Equiliota and Derek Hall are going to just cause wreak havoc. And the guys around them are going to eat from the mismatches that those guys are going to create. And it's going to be, it's going to, it should be tough for Mercer. So this is why I give this a chance to be a shutout. Uh, Even at corner, uh, listen, I know we're starting Simpson, but DJ James has gotten a lot of praise from his teammates in camp. He, again, is mentioned in the fastest guy on the team discussion. I see a lot of really, 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 talented kids on this defense and i think that once that second team comes in they have a chance to pick up the banner and not allow any points shut out okay all right fine you talk me into it shut out all right all right i, I was right, just asking right. questions mike g i was i wasn't trying to talk you into anything <laughs> i talked myself into it okay all right all right i'm asking all my guests this week um to give score predictions and we'll wrap up with this give me a give me a score prediction for saturday well you know what i have for mercer i have a goose egg right um but for auburn I think uh, that you see maybe the offense have a little bit of a coming out party similar to Akron last year. And um, I expect uh, 55 points in this one. Okay. I I expect plus 50 points in this one. I think, you know, 62-ish is is probably not out of the question. But if we can run the ball, if they can run the ball, I expect a lot of points. Give me a percentage of snaps that TJ plays at quarterback, a percentage of snaps that Robbie plays at quarterback, and a percentage of snaps that somebody else plays at quarterback. Oh, man. Listen, in a 62 or 55 shutout, I'm going 50-50 on the snaps because I think that Robbie Ashford gets close to a half of football in this one. I think think if it's out of of control by halftime, Robbie Ashford will get in there. I think the coaches have learned from last year in in terms of getting the – backup prepared in case you need him not just because of poor play but maybe injury i don't know who knows if he gets if he doesn't whatever. get a half close to a half of football and it's it's a blowout obviously context matters here but if he if he only gets like two or three drives and they put zach in and then they put walk-ons in does that mean anything yeah i think it does but i'll tell you okay. right now i don't i don't expect to see zach Calzado on saturday at all 
at all. No. Wow. I don't I don't expect to see Zach Calzada on Saturday. So and you know, listen, I'm a big Calzada guy. I like him. Uh, but based on the feedback so, that we've gotten from the staff and what we've heard publicly, I think um you're, there's no reason to play QB three in this one at this point. Um you tag Robbie Ashford as your backup. I think they're gonna get him as much work as possible. You don't think walk ons or anything play? play? You think it's just two quarterbacks on Saturday? I think it's I think it's two quarterbacks on Saturday. I think wow. you got too, you need too much information on the two guys that you picked one and two uh to waste any snaps with threes and fours. We, uh, we've just talked about this before. I, I just don't think if you're up 40 to nothing and Robbie's like, that just seems silly to me. Like that just seems like you're not getting any information if he's in there. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Like I said, yeah, they've got sure. no, they've got no tape on Robbie, right? They've not, they've got no in-game tape on Robbie. I personally just don't think they waste a chance to evaluate him in any way under the lights by giving That'd be fun. To the number three back number three quarterback just yeah. me if he stays in 50 may be too low yeah i'm i'm excited if he stays in because i think he was the hardest one to evaluate because his teammates have all said when robbie gets in the game he's a problem kaufman said it's a scream from the sideline that they have they're like nine's in the game nine's in the game uh now i'm not comparing him to cam newton but i'm saying similarly in camp, it was very hard to evaluate what a run by Cam was going to be because the quarterbacks never go live. Mm-hmm. So you never know when people are trying to hit him what he's going to do. And I, I'm excited to see a whole half of that. I think, it, I think it'll be fun to watch. All right. We'll see if we get it or not. Mike yep. G, before we wrap up, how can people find you, hear you, watch you, all that stuff? Uh, just head on over to the War Report. Subscribe. We are doing game day activities. So pregame, halftime, postgame, the War Report will be coming at you all game day. We've got a whole lineup for you guys. Don't miss it. Check it all out at the War Report. Join us tomorrow. We'll continue looking at this Auburn-Mercer game. The season is here. You can follow me on Twitter at ZBlackerby. Read all of my written work at AuburnDaily.com. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn.